0: Everyone, welcome back to the Earthdawn Survival Guide, the podcast for all disciplines, paths, players, and game masters, with your questions, Josh and Dan. I'm Dan. I'm Josh. And on today's podcast, we will be discussing all things zoological and non-individual again, as part two of our discussion on the higher tiers of the cavalrymen. Yes. So if you have any questions for us on anything you're about to hear tonight, please contact us at edsgpodcast at gmail.com. And you know what? We had a voicemail last time. Let's see if we can get a voicemail coming up soon. We're two out of 113 episodes. So let's see if we can bring that ratio up a little bit and kind of go from there.
1: So um That's fine. Not everybody, not everybody is in love with the sound of their own voice the way that we are. No, no one, no one like me. No one like me at all. Nah, Nope, sorry. I can talk all day.
0: Anyway, uh, yes, yeah, give us the two-minute, three-minute rundown on the first eight circles of the cavalrymen, yeah.
1: and then we'll jump in. The cavalrymen in their first eight circles is built around the mount and the relationship with the mount and gets a lot of talents that are, if not unique to the cavalryman, pretty exclusive to the cavalryman. There are a few talents that they get that also become available to the beastmaster because of the relationship with animal companions. But for the most part, the early circles of the cavalrymen all revolve around Abilities that allow them to work with, bond with, and fight with their chosen mount. Even more than the Beastmaster, who does have a sort of non-animal companion path of development, the Cavalryman really revolves around that relationship. And we talked quite a bit, as I recall, back in the previous cavalry, in the first Cavalryman episode, about the difficulties that you can run into with a cavalryman in your adventuring party, particularly human sized or normal mounts like horses and whatnot, yeah. and how there are several alternatives that might be more workable, depending on the style of game and stuff that you're going with. We're not going to delve into that here tonight. Go back to that previous episode. Episode 24. There you go. Episode 24. Had that at the ready check that out for discussion of the particular concerns or things that you need to keep in mind if you're going to have a cavalryman in your game or if you're going to be playing a cavalryman. Exactly. All of that said, we are going to probably get through this fairly quickly. Yes. Because while the cavalryman gets a lot of exclusive or near exclusive talents in their first eight circles that's not so much the case here in the latter half for reasons that i will get to in a little bit but first i'm gonna let dan take the helm here for a couple of minutes (laughs) and start going through those um abilities and discipline talents for the warden tier
0: yeah we'll get there Uh, So, everyone gets something... So, all disciplines get something wonderful and magical and beautiful at Ninth Circle, and the Cavalrymen are no different. They're not left out. So, what they get at Ninth Circle is something called Shared Strength. The Adept can perform an eight-hour ritual to improve their bond with a specific mount. Each Adept's ritual is unique, usually based upon their training and personal philosophy. So... Player characters, feel free to write your own in this case and make it really special and unique to you. It is commonly done as the final step of becoming a warden, but may be done at any time. After the ritual, the adept takes one point of blood magic damage and the mount adds plus three to its strength step. Only one mount may be bound at a time. The effect may be ended at any time, at which time the adept may heal the damage as normal and use the ability on a new mount. Also at Ninth Circle, they get a to spend a current point finally on a recovery test and
1: the discipline talent of goring attack. Goring attack is pretty straightforward. Uh, this is a talent that gives the adept the ability to increase the damage inflicted by their animal companion. In this case for the cavalry it would almost certainly be their mount. It just costs a point of strain and adds their rank in goring attack to the Companion's damage test, really straightforward. The ninth circle ability mirrors the similar effects that you get with the archer's blood bound bow, with the beastmaster's tough hide, with the the uh, weaponsmith ability where they take some blood magic and get a plus three to something. So, like, it's in that category of things. But this one, Cavalryman, the Cavalryman adds plus three steps to their animal companion's strength step, Mm -hmm. which also increases damage. That is a huge amount. The Beastmaster's tough hide, as an example, Mm -hmm. only adds plus three to their toughness value. So it adds effectively a one step bonus. Yeah. Whereas the cavalryman is adding three steps to their mounts, their their chosen mounts mm-hmm. strength. Yeah. Which is amazing. <laughs> the cavalryman already, when mounted because of the way that charge works and whatnot, especially once you get into those uh, high journeyman talents with um, whirling attack and, and whirling defense, can dish out damage like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. If you, well, I realize new episodes have not come out in some time. If you have listened to the Legends of Earthdawn actual play podcast, Gareth, the Windling Cavalryman, is probably one of the highest damage dealers in the group, despite being a Windling, because of the amazing capability that charge as a talent coupled with the Mount's damage step and stuff like that can be. So you get into ninth circle and you get this even higher damage boost. Uh, It's just, it's, it's amazing. No,
0: no doubt. None whatsoever. At 10th circle, the cavalryman finally gets the uh, bonus to their social defense of a plus two from the original. And the initiative goes up by a whole step as well. In this case. And the discipline talent is
1: relentless recovery, which we've covered before a lot. We're going to say that a lot today. We've covered this before, but still, Yeah, Relentless Recovery is the one that provides a bonus to standard recovery tests. So when making a normal recovery test outside of combat, outside of talents and whatnot, they just add their rank in Relentless Recovery effectively, uh, or they substitute Relentless Recovery for their toughness when making a recovery test. I'm not sure the exact wording right off this moment, but it's pretty straightforward. It's a, you know, increase the amount of damage that you can recover because when you start getting to this point, you also have much higher, uh, death and unconsciousness ratings and being able to get back into fighting trim more quickly, uh, especially for combat types mm-hmm. is pretty valuable. Exactly.
0: At 11th circle, the cavalryman finally gets a plus one to their mystic defense, uh, their first ever. And they now get point to to point karma point on damage tests made by their Mount, which can be added,
1: I think, to goring attack as well, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. Yes, because that's a goring attack is adding to damage test charge mm-hmm. um, is a tes- damage test made by the cavalrymen. Uh, so that wouldn't apply there. But there's a mount attack yep. talent that they get earlier on that allows them to increase the or to like uh, have their mount do an attack. Yeah, if the mount is making an attack and deals damage, then the cavalryman could spend one of their karma points to boost that.
0: And then at eleven circle, the discipline talent that they get is momentum attack.
1: This is one that appears much earlier in the progression for other characters. I will address the reasons for that in a couple of minutes because it will be a discussion uh, that we have in relation to their optional talents and people who are looking at the list ahead of this might be looking at that and understanding maybe where I'm going to be going. <laughs> Momentum attack is a perfectly fine yes. talent. It allows the attacker to make an additional attack test if they score high enough on an attack. So it's it's a talent that does not straight up allow a second attack. If you do well enough on your initial melee weapons, you can make a second attack with that same weapon. That's yeah. all it is.
0: At 12th circle, the Cavalierman gets a plus four from their original to their physical defense, and they get an additional two recovery tests per day from their original. And the discipline talent is Animal Talk. Also not new to the companion, but there we are.
1: Animal Talk is available a little bit earlier to the Beastmaster. Its value as an intelligence gathering investigative type ability particularly for the Beastmaster, cannot be undersold. This is another case where a talent that is thematically appropriate kind of is getting slotted in where it can. The cavalryman's ability at this point to actually speak with their mount, as well as other animals, but particularly their mount, would open up a lot more flexibility in terms of working with their Mount to do things and stuff like that. So it, it can be, it can be useful. Sure.
0: So heading back to the warden talent options for your ninth, 10th, 11th and 12th circle, uh, characters, you've got four of these options you can pick from one at each circle. Um, only one of which is new to the companion. So this is probably where Josh is going to be leading onto things. So let's cover that one last shall we say, and run down the list really quickly. I'll, I'll give Josh a moment or so here, a sentence or two each uh, on, on each of these.
1: Battle Bellow. Battle Bellow is a boosted battle shout. Uh, it provides bonuses to allies in addition to penalizing enemies. Downstrike. Downstrike is a damage enhancing talent where they are on a mount It is a lot easier for the cavalrymen to be in a position to have that height advantage to increase the damage that they can deal on an attack.
0: Uh, Super awesome for windlings.
1: Fireblood. Fireblood is a healing talent. Pretty straightforward. In combat.
0: Yeah. Impressive display, which I don't think we've actually covered before.
1: Uh, We did. Impressive display shows up pretty early for troubadours and swordmasters and archers right. i believe in a while what it allows the adept to do is to do one of their things as a make an impression test so rather than doing it as an actual attack they cut the buttons off of somebody's jacket or they pin somebody's sleeve to the wall or they do something that Demonstrates how good they are at doing the thing that they are good at and use that as a way of impressing somebody of doing it for show. Using that as a, yeah, doing it for show, using it as a way to boost social tests against the target or onlookers of their impressive feet. Mm -hmm. Uh, Iron Constitution. This is a talent... That gives the adept increased resistances to poisons and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, Lasting impression. It's a social ability that allows good benefits from earlier interaction tests and stuff to stay in effect for longer. Mm -hmm. Life check. Pretty straightforward. If your damage goes above your death rating, this allows you to make recovery tests to not die. There's that. Uh, Resist taunt. Taunt. This is the standard active defense against social tests where the cavalryman has social as a kind of secondary theme, largely because of their decent charisma as a result of working with the mount and, in theory, working with other cavalrymen in a unit. Yeah. Resist taunt as an ability to shake off um, social defense targeting attacks like battle shout and things like that can be useful. Fair. And lastly... Steel thought. Steel thought is the mystic defense version of that. <laughs> also useful. Most disciplines get access to the various active defenses at some point in their progression.
0: Yes. Uh, the scout, however, does not get steel thought. Just one of those things. Uh, so. Th- I, I said, I said most. I know. I know you said most. Just giving somebody an example as to which one does not. Uh, So that is the warden talent options. And as we said, most other disciplines will get access to those a lot earlier. Well,
1: there's one that we skipped because it was new to the companion companion. defensive posture. We did talk about this before (laughs) this allows the adept to add their rank in defensive posture to any test that improves physical defense. So acrobatic strike, anticipate blow, avoid blow, things like that. So, All good stuff. It's pretty useful. Now. Hit it. (laughs) I think this list, this warden talent option list, out of all of the disciplines, I have not actually checked, but I'm pretty sure that out of all of the disciplines in the companion, this has more talents that are from the previous book. More talents that are available to other disciplines earlier than they are to the cavalrymen. The primary reason for this is, is because cavalrymen get so many exclusive or near-exclusive talents in their earlier circles mm. to allow them to effectively work with their mount. This is the first time where we really have the opportunity to slot in all of these other abilities that as a combat type, mm. as a fighter type, they would, at least in theory, be able to access. The other thing that this does is... Many of these talents, once they get access to them, means that they can become more effective as a combatant without their mount. As we discussed back in the original Cavalryman episode, one of the weaknesses of the Cavalryman is that they don't have a lot of tricks. They don't have a lot of things that boost their combat effectiveness very well when they are not mounted. And many of these abilities. Play catch up to that. Play catch up to that, yeah. Downstrike, battle bellow. I mean, many of them are also particularly useful from a mounted position. A yeah. Mount, but these are not. There's no nothing that requires them to be used that way. And so the cavalryman finally starts to tread into an area where they could be more effective as if they are combatant. dismounted for yeah. some reason. Exactly. They're still not going to be as good as a warrior or a swordmaster. Or a Sky Raider, but they will be they will be more effective. Yeah. They will be more in line with a weaponsmith or something like that. Somebody who is kind of mm-hmm. again, we're talking unmounted. Yes. They'll they'll be more in line there, but have some more things that they would potentially be able to do. What you might want to do is to look, especially if you don't have other characters in the group that have them, is to look into things like Battle Bellow or Fireblood or Impressive display to maybe lean into some of those abilities that could help the group without necessarily trying to boost your own combat performance through the roof or because you do that with your mount,
0: and look into the knacks for all these talents.
1: Yeah, that's another place to potentially look as well, is to see what you might be able to pick up in terms of the knacks that are available for those, and how you might be able to to leverage those to your advantage as yeah, well.
0: because by the time you're getting to these, you've already qualified for most of the knacks you're going to go for in the first place. So <laughs> by the time you get this this uh, options list at, at you know ninth circle, most of those qualifiers are you know three, five, seven, whatnot. So you've already got them. So look into your knacks saying. Okay, on to 13th circle, because it does get better. Um, The cavalryman is no different from every other discipline out there, and they do get a shared spirit ability. The adept knows the truth about their spirit and their mounts. They are one and the same. With this knowledge, they can trick reality and bring their mounts to them at any time. The adept makes... It takes four strain and makes a mount-weaving test against their mount's mystic defense. If successful, the mount appears under the Adept as if it has always been there and the Adept is mounted properly. This ability will not work if there is not enough room for the mounted character. So
1: this is... This is just Zorro awesome. calling tornado under the balcony. No, this is not just Zoro calling tornado <laughs> under the balcony. This is Zoro calling tornado and just... Appearing on Tornado <laughs> instantly. None of this jumping off the balcony bullshit. Yes. <laughs> Much cooler. Irrespective of distance. Yes. This is irrespective of anything. For strain and a test to have your mount appear where you are instantly. Yes. So hence the trick reality thing. And you are mounted. Poof. No more of this nonsense. There's a way for him to run to. I you am think. a cavalryman. Yeah. It is my condition to be mounted and therefore i am so 13th circle shared spirit not to be taken
0: lightly because that is a fantastic yeah yeah absolutely just take your mount from wherever you left it and poof there it is and now you're ready to go so uh chew on that for a while uh at 13th circle the cavalryman also gets a plus three to their social defense this is their final boost to social defense the karma now increases a step from a d6 to a d8 I finally got that one right for the first time ever. Um, And their Mystic Armor goes up by a whole point. So they get a plus one to their Mystic Armor. But their Discipline Talent at 13th Circle, because if that's not enough for you, Shared Spirit, Defense Boost, Karma Boost, Mystic Armor Boost, their Discipline Talent is Critical Hit.
1: Critical Hit, a pretty standard combat ability for those uh, high combat types, either at Warden or Master Tier, depending on the discipline, for no extra cost save the need to roll high enough on your attack you add your critical hit rank as additional damage that's it you just do more damage
0: suck gonna say that right now so on to 14th circle because that was a lot to ingest at 13th circle at 14th circle the cavalryman gets their final bonus to their physical defense now a total of plus five from their original and they get a plus two Now, to their base initiative step, so that's a nice little bonus to have there as well. And their discipline talent, brand new, haven't talked about it before ever, Thunderstruck. Cue the ACDC.
1: Yes. This is a knockdown (laughs) talent, effectively, and a pretty nasty one. The Adept empowers their weapon with the force of the storm. When they attack, if the attack is benefiting from either charge or downstrike... Then opponents adjacent to the adept and their target. So not just the target. Mm -hmm. Everybody sort of in the immediate vicinity must make a knockdown test against a difficulty number equal to the Thunderstruck step. And that step is the rank in Thunderstruck plus the adept's strength Mm -hmm. plus their weapon size. So the larger the weapon, the higher the difficulty. You don't actually roll Thunderstruck. That just sets the what the what the difficulty number is. Yeah. But everybody in the area needs to make a, a knockdown test against that number.
0: Because being knocked down again is is that good or bad, Josh? I I, I kind of forget. It's bad. It's a bad thing?
1: It's bad. It's a very bad thing. Being knocked down is
0: bad. <laughs> it's a very bad thing. On to 15th circle, because I just had to let that one sit for a minute or so. Uh, lastly, not to be left out of anything... The Adeptive finally gets a plus two to their Mystic Defense from the original number. So that's a plus three Social, plus five mist, plus five Physical, and now a plus two Mystic. And they finally get their last recovery test for the day. So now a plus three from the original number that they had. And the discipline talent they receive is Multi-Charge.
1: Multi-Charge is the capstone multi-attack talent available to cavalrymen, much like Multi-Shot and Multi-Strike are available to archers and other combat disciplines respectively. Yes. Multi-charge works very similarly. The Adept makes a test which determines the number of additional attacks that they can make. In this case, the additional attack that it allows are additional uses of Wheeling Attack. Wheeling Attack is the high journeyman circle talent that allows the cavalryman to attack and move away. It allows them to do cool stuff. Uh, yeah, it's a move through. Uh, on their yeah. mount. It's a move through, but it allows them to do that multiple times. And the only sort of restriction is that they need to move a certain distance between targets that they are hitting. They can attack the same target multiple times using this. They just need to sort of like move out and circle back around. But it allows multiple uses of wheeling attack and wheeling attack explicitly allows charge, which means that you are ultimately going to be making multiple charge damage tests, assuming that these are successful. And when you combine that with the plus three strength step that they will probably have with their chosen mount and the high rank in charge and all sorts of stuff, this is potentially very brutal.
0: Uh, And, 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 because you're just going to throw all these steps and dice on top of things. It's just going to be stacking left and right and up and
1: down. It does increase the cost of each wheeling attack, The strain cost Mm -hmm. increases by one for each of them. So whatever the base cost of it is, it, it, it's, uh, um, it goes up from two to three. Worth it. But that's the case with all of these multi just increases the, the strain cost for making those extra attacks.
0: You're going to have strain your 15th circle though. You can probably soak most of it. So it'd be fine. And you've got a durability of seven. Yeah. Come on. You can, it's one extra point of strain for all that stacking. Let's go, baby. No problem there. So onto the Master Talent options, because if Critical Hit at 13th and Thunderstruck at 14th and Multi-Charge at 15th Circle was not enough for you, you get three of these listed, only one of which is actually from the Player's Guide. That is Thought Link. And the rest of these are from the Companion, so uh, let's run them down. Champion Challenge...
1: Uh, We talked about this recently with the warrior. It also appears in the air sailor. This is the magically compelled duel that allows a chosen individual from each side to fight each other. The outcome having a large effect on the subsequent relationship between the two opposing sides. For some reason,
0: I see this one playing out in an arena with a crowd, just saying. That's where my
1: mind goes with cavalrymen. One of those things. Uh, Lion Spirit. Lion Spirit is a boost to mystic and social defense for the purposes of resisting fear effects and stuff like that uh
0: my favorite second favorite title
1: rally rally we also talked about with the warrior (laughs) it allows the adept to rally their allies Uh, it gives their allies an immediate recovery test it also allows them to ignore some penalties It's pretty useful. And again, when you consider the idea that cavalrymen typically will operate in squads or units or whatever kind of term you want, it would make sense for them to have abilities that would allow them to – for a commander type to boost the effectiveness of those following him. Exactly.
0: Resist pain.
1: Uh, Resist pain shows up a lot. Pretty straightforward. Reduces the penalties that you suffer from wounds. Uh,
0: Second chance, the get some new dice talent. And we already talked about thought link a little bit.
1: Thought link is is appropriate here because of increasing the connection between the cavalryman and their mount, particularly like that's what it's sort of intended for. But it would work just as well with any. Others, because you could, again, if you're thinking about the squad situation, have members of the squad be connected to each other to allow for a more effective action as a unit. Yeah.
0: Unflinching Fortitude.
1: Unflinching Fortitude. What does that one do? I don't remember I now. It's on my head. Threshold. Oh, yeah. Unflinching Fortitude is the direct wound threshold modifier talent.
0: Yes. Entirely.
1: And then uh, Vicious Wound. Vicious Wound, we talked about with the Beastmaster. It allows the Adept to reduce the target's wound threshold, making it easier to deal a wound in the first place. And then on top of that, if you roll multiples of their adjusted wound threshold, you might do multiple wounds as a result. Yeah. Very particularly nasty talent. Given the significant damage steps <laughs> that a high circle cavalryman is likely to be throwing around uh-huh. with charge and their other abilities and probably a magic weapon and group pattern. If they have one and whatnot, and 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 vicious wound is probably even nastier for a cavalryman that lands it than it is for a beast master. And it's scary uh-huh. in a beast master. I think you're right. Just thinking of the damage potential That a cavalryman can put out with this, the number of wounds that could be dealt against a target. This is one where you could potentially be dealing multiple wounds to large opponents, Mm. other mounts and stuff, big horrors. There's a lot of scary potential if you actually think about the numbers involved there for a minute or two. Uh,
0: Warriors do get this as a master talent option as well. So vicious wound in the hands of a cavalryman, as I think you said, is a little bit more brutal than others. Potentially, yeah. yeah. Uh, So we've done this for other, other disciplines as well. Suggestions as to what you would possibly do or the better of the options to take? If I'm looking
1: at my master choices... Well, we covered Vicious Wound already. If so I were yeah. putting together a Cavalryman, Vicious Wound would probably be pretty high up there. <laughs> it's 1 or 1A. One take your pick. Yeah. Unflinching Fortitude is also really nice because of its boost to your character's wound yeah. threshold. And Resist Pain also. I mean, it could be that it, like if you take Unflinching Fortitude, I think I said this about the Warrior. Yeah. If you take unflinching fortitude and are boosting your wound threshold pretty high to begin with, you might not feel the need to take resist pain because rally is pretty good. Lion spirit is is pretty decent. Second chance shrug. We know (laughs) there are better choices. Again, nothing against second chance. It's just for me. It's it's a fine thing to have. It is a fine talent. But if you only have three choices, Three better choices. (laughs) I can find three things that I would take before I would take second chance. Unlike the warrior, where I said second chance was definitely a lower lower tier ability because warriors typically don't have a particularly high charisma. Cavalrymen do tend to have a little bit higher charisma, so maybe it would be a little bit better. But the fact that it sort of caps out as well, I just there are other choices that I would end up taking. Thought link is neat, but I don't know that I would take it. Champion challenge is cool, but is so situational that I would see that as something that NPC cavalrymen might have to like force a particular situation. And like even Lion Spirit, which is a pretty solid choice, that would be one that likewise would be potentially situational. Although you can certainly run into other adepts who have fear generating abilities, both the Nethermancers Frighten along with Battle Shout, Battle Bellow. There are some things out there that, boosting your base defense ratings against those kinds of attacks is, is worthwhile. I talked about the warden talent options and how a lot of it is a grab bag. Mm -hmm.
0: It's playing catch. It's
1: available to other disciplines earlier and it's just playing a little bit of catch up, but there are some solid choices in there as well. And looking at things that would help reinforce what you are able to do in the group, depending on gaps that might need to be filled or, doing a little bit to boost your own capability as a combatant if you happen to not be mounted. Of course, it's available earlier. There's always spirit mount, yeah. which makes it very difficult for you to be in a situation where you are not mounted. Agreed. So it's pretty solid. Not a lot of flash here for the cavalrymen. They get a couple of decent abilities. We'll see Thunderstruck show up again. Mm-hmm there is at least one other discipline that gets it um and i think people based on its theming can probably guess pretty solidly w- what it is but yeah i mean the cavalryman is is good understanding that you are going to continue to potentially run into the issues that we talked about back in the previous episode with them being a difficult discipline to integrate into a game, yeah. depending on the style of game and the particular adept and mount that they have chosen. Mm-hmm. Fair
0: enough. So the Beastmaster is pretty straightforward. The Warrior is incredibly straightforward. The Cavalryman is not straying off that path either. These are three straightforward disciplines.
1: Yeah. One of the things about the high circle combat disciplines in particular, is that there's a lot of similar stuff that they get with only maybe a couple of unique or semi-exclusive talents. There can be a feel perhaps of a little bit of sameness across the board for those, because the the strong choices are the strong choices for the most part, regardless of whether you're a warrior or a swordmaster or a cavalryman or whatever. Yeah. And that really the distinction that you get between the disciplines in these higher tiers comes about as a result of those discipline abilities that they get, which are unique to them. Even if there may be some similar flavors between them, like you take some blood magic and get a plus three to something. Yeah, But that's a, an intentional design choice because it reduces in some respects, the potential impact that, versatility can have on the game if you put too many awesome unique talents into a particular disciplines progression you are a lot more likely to see power gamers try and find any justification they can to pick up those unique talents under versatility so that they can make broken combos i've mentioned before how it is difficult to develop talents Because you need to consider not only within a particular discipline how those talents interact with the other talents available, but versatility means you also need to factor in how it might interact with every other potential talent in the game, and that's just rough. And giving the unique abilities to make those discipline abilities means you have to be a member of that discipline in order to do it, and you can't cheese your way into it with versatility or something along those lines. You, we don't want to give a talent to make a talent that has the effect of shared spirit because that means that that a human could pick up that talent under versatility and have something that really should be unique and special to the the cavalry breed. Mm-hmm. It's a tough design choice that is really kind of taking a a much harder look in some respects at what high circle adepts are capable of doing and making sure that those unique and special and interesting things remain unique and special and interesting for them and not become potentially available to everybody who decides to invest some points into their human racial ability. Yeah. Stealing from it. Ripping it off. Not that we hate versatility. Oh, no. Versatility is cool. It's just a headache to design for. (laughs) (laughs) Or to design around.
0: Yeah, fair enough. That's probably a better way to put it. So... Any final thoughts on the cavalrymen? Like I said, they're very straightforward and you know
1: We've had kind of a of a samey stretch of things here with the Beastmaster and the Warrior and, and the Cavalrymen. Yeah. We're gonna be getting into a little bit more variety here. Mm-hmm. Upcoming. We've got coming up on the list, we've got Troubadour and Thief and Elementalist, and like and we hit the spellcasters in there as well. We've talked yes. about one of them already with the wizard, and there's gonna be some pretty similar themes that, that crop up yeah. there but we're going to be getting back into a little bit more of a variety mm-hmm. when it comes to what we're talking about here. We've kind of had this stretch where it was all just <laughs> fighting stuff and we've got some, some more specialists just like the first go round coming down the road here. Yeah, absolutely. But that's okay.
0: Uh, folks, if you do have any questions for us, feel free to leave us a voicemail and, or you can email us at edsgpodcast at com. Uh, you have
1: to go find us on anchor for the EDSG to leave us a voice. Anchor.fm slash edsg podcast. Um, one thing that I yes. do want to mention, I think this episode should have mentioned it last mm-hmm. week. Right now, the month of April, there is a I mentioned this on I'm pretty sure I mentioned this on social media yeah, on the fair. Twitter feed. Um, which if you're if you're on Twitter and not following, you should. The 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 survival guide basically just announces new episodes and, and does some other stuff, yeah. but follow me as well. I now forget off the top of my head which website it is, but there is a website that is making a charitable donation for each review that is left on their site for podcasts. Oh, cool. And they increase the donation if there's a reply. And oh, there it is. Podchaser.com. P-O-D-C-H-A-S-E-R. Podchaser.com. We are on Podchaser as well. Uh, under Earth Dawn Survival Guide, if you want, even if you don't usually use it, go ahead and leave a review because it results in uh, some money going to charity. Uh, and the charity that they are selecting this time around, because I guess they do this every April, is one that is um, devoted to helping out refugees and stuff like that in the Ukraine conflict. Cool. I think based on when this episode is going to be going up... Yeah, just a few days left in that for that to happen. So if you have not, then go ahead and and do so. It would be appreciated. Absolutely. And for a very good
0: cause. So why would you not? So thank you folks. Go leave a review there if you want to. And otherwise until next time, it's time for you to go develop your animal to complete your legend.
1: Good night, everybody.